0: Portland is a baseball town. Our secretary didn't have anybody on the phone. (laughs) There was nobody on the phone. They were just egging me along. So they brought a little short, chubby guy in with the name Peters and put him (laughs) in my place. He sent me the double A ball. Two fans, one mission to bring Major League Baseball to Oregon. This is the Diamonds and Roses podcast. Without further ado, your hosts, Ben and Dave. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Diamonds and Roses podcast. As always, I am your host, Ben. And uh, before we get going with this week's episode, I just want to remind you that if you haven't done so already yet, or you have, go out and get yourself a pack of Big League Chew. Big League Chew is the official sponsor of the Diamonds and Roses podcast. And as always, my personal favorite is like watermelon grape, so I'm kind of there up in the air with... With those, it's kind of a battle, and sometimes original. I'll go out and get myself a pack of original Big League Chew bubble gum. Uh, but we're here this week, and we've got a interesting episode. Now, this episode is going to be a primer for spring training baseball because spring training is right around the corner, and uh, it's going to be fun. So with that said, I want to introduce our guest this week, Kim Barron. How are you doing, Kim?
1: I'm great, thank you. Hello.
0: It, uh, I First of all, I just want to say I appreciate the um, willingness of you to jump on and talk to me today. Um, I know it's kind of a short, uh, short time thing that we've uh, been able to uh, connect, but I really appreciate you jumping on.
1: My pleasure. Thanks for having me.
0: So, uh, I, you know, having spoken with a couple uh, of friends and spoken with you individually, you, you've got yourself a pretty interesting uh, position right now um, and, and what you've been doing and I think you've been doing this for the last what six or seven years now in your position.
1: This will be the start of my sixth season.
0: Yeah and so uh, so Kim, you know what is it that what is it that you specifically do so we so the li- listeners can uh, hear what it is that you're you're a part of?
1: So I have the opportunity um, and blessing to work and support with, uh, or excuse me, work for and support um, the language acquisition and cultural acclimation um, for um, some professional baseball players as they come over um, to Arizona and to the U.S. Um, so it, you know, it's not, the easy description is I teach English, but I also work with them on the cultural acclimation side as well. So- Brian. National player excuse me that's, that's
0: pretty amazing um, so let's take a step back in time and and how did you get in a position how did you place yourself or get into a position like this
1: well it was it was very uh, it was very I'll say it was fate that that brought it um, to my attention I were was working in public education at the time and um, one of our assistant principals had called about a totally unrelated topic, and at the end had said, "Hey, I got an email from you know the educational co- coordinator with one of the um, one of the major league teams, and he said they're they're looking to hire a, a, a bilingual English-Spanish teacher to work with um, their international players. Do you know anyone who might be interested?" And I was like, "Yeah, me." <laughs> I had my resume submitted um, probably five minutes after I got off the phone with him, so. I owe that uh, that to Mr. Fitzgerald and his uh, his kindness in sharing that information with me. So that was literally the 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 way I found out about it. And then I think I had the job like two days later.
0: Excellent. So before getting into this position, were were you just like everybody else, a baseball fan?
1: I grew up more in a uh, basketball and football kind of house, um, where baseball we just you know would be on for the World Series, Um, and it's it's interesting how much it has grown on me um, through this role. And this is just this is my for fun job. This is not my primary position. Um, So I do have a full time teaching position as well, um, and I do this on the side.
0: So. What was uh what was one like experience that you can remember whether it be in person or or watching it with your family on TV? What was that first baseball experience that you you really 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 remember? Oh
1: man. That's a tough one. Like remember as like from being a child?
0: Yeah, or later on, one that sticks out like what well, the one that really sticks out to you the most?
1: Man. I feel like Every movie as a kid always had some sort of baseball tie to it. I mean, except for Rocky, you know, that's the boxing side. But, um, you know, you look at Sandlot, you look at Major League, there's probably 20 other better, don't judge me, uh, baseball movies than that. but
0: Those are iconic movies, though.
1: I know. Field of Dreams, of course, can't leave out that one. Um, And so, you know, as America's pastime and um, the impact that it has. I played softball like two years. I was more of a soccer player than a, a softball player, but you know, I think it's just seeing the passion for the game and knowing the difference, uh, that it makes in people's lives. It's, it's pretty cool.
0: Okay. So you bring up softball. So what, what are some <laughs> leadership things that you learned while you were played softball, like from like your coach, like, wh- you know, what do you remember when you played from that?
1: Oh man, like, like I said, it was only like two years. It was, it was. There's got to be something. <laughs> I would say I have had some in in all of the sports that I played. Um, coaches always had a phenomenal impact, and I was very um, grateful. I am very grateful for all the coaches that I had over my um, playing days. You know, you learn perseverance. You learn. Um, okay. You learn how to fight. <laughs> I mean, and I mean that not in a physical sense, uh, actual fighting, but you do learn how to be physically strong and mentally strong and teamwork and how to work together and you know, what to do, how to not quit when you're getting your butts kicked and all that kind of good stuff. So I've had some, some really phenomenal coaches and I'm grateful.
0: Do you feel like grateful for them? Do you feel like some, what you've taken away from these, your coaches over your athletic career has transitioned into the classroom for what you're doing for what you're doing right now, and led oh, to I, like how you teach and and develop young minds.
1: Without without a doubt, and you know I've coached myself. I coached um, high school swim and soccer as well, um, and you know would strive to be as grand as all the coaches that I've ever had in in my day. And those without those skills off the field absolutely transition to the classroom. There's no question.
0: Okay, so let's. You talked about baseball movies, and you talked about which which one which one do you think is your favorite of all time?
1: Oh, that's a really hard question, and I gave it third out of the the ones I mentioned. But Field of Dreams, I would say, is pretty is pretty terrific. I probably yeah. have to go top Field of Dreams.
0: Okay, yeah, no, Field of Dreams is a definitely a fantastic movie with uh kevin costner in it so he does a fantastic job and james earl jones is also in that so they do they do a really really good job in that movie (laughs) did you hear that um that they're going to be uh playing a baseball game at the field of dreams location or right near it uh next year no
1: that would be amazing that sounds
0: cool So, so that's one of the things that they're they're lining up but um so let's get back to so you you applied for the position uh-huh. um, that you're you're in with professional baseball. Um, you got it, and then what was that? What was that first experience like? Like when you went in, like for the first time, were you guys? I guess was it meeting in an actual classroom or on location to where the player was? Or uh- players.
1: So I started at our spring training facility. Well, it's not even spring training because it's all year round facility where baseball occurs. But, um, you know, so it was seeing what, you know, tours of of where the the players are, seeing, you know, all their meeting rooms, where they eat lunch, where their, you know, lounges, just getting the whole understanding of what life is like for them um, at the complex. Um, We typically offer classes Um, because this is Arizona is the first stop in there. Um, you know, once they come from the Dominican Republic, uh, which is where the international players will start their, you know, I don't know if I want to say all, but most or many major league teams have facilities in the Dominican. Um, and so then Arizona is their first stop um, after there. Um, and so they're living Mm. out of most of them stay in, in, in different hotels. So we'll, we'll use the conference room of the hotel, um, for classes and, you know, early on it was, um, but certainly early on, um, I mean, it, and still is awesome. It's just an incredible experience meeting, um, you know, individuals from all around the world who have such diverse stories, um, you know, in what baseball has meant to them and, um, the role that it's played in their lives. And, you know, I look at it as my job. I'm really blessed to have the opportunity to, um, you know, play a small role in helping um, impact their careers, because wherever they go, you know, whether they move up quickly through the affiliates, whether they get traded, whether, God forbid, they get released, because, you know, we know that happens, too. um, Building their English skills is only going to be a benefit and an asset for them, no matter what their next steps are. So I'm really um, honored that I get to help um, that I get to help with that.
0: Yeah, are they? Because I know, like, having been in the military, it's kind of like that shell shock experience where you're, you're, you're completely different culture. I mean, I know that you know they're coming from a different country, but you know, going yeah. to a different culture is like you're, that transition. I know from the mil- from civilian life to the military is vastly different. Oh yeah. Um, but then going but going from like their home in another country to here in the U S where it's completely different. Um, would you, do you see that in, in, in them or are they relatively calm and collective and just kind of wanting to learn and move forward?
1: Totally depends on the moment. You know, they, I'm sure they all go through times in their process where they're very shell shocked. Um, our organization does a really good job with um, prepping them when they're in the Dominican for what to expect. Um, and you know, we're continuing to focus on that as a, as a priority. Um, we send a group in the, um, in the fall during, um, fall instructs Mm -hmm. where, um, a group, I think this year we had 15, a group of 15, um, Mm -hmm of the of the players that you know are coming from the dominican and again they're not all dominican you know um they're not all Dominican in nationality, but that's where they're playing. Um, so the players that are coming from from there, they um, come for a cultural acclimation camp. So it's like a two week experience, a, a trial run of, hey, here's what um, life is like. This is what the complex looks like. These are the fields you're gonna be playing on. This is your weight room. These are your coaches. This is where you're gonna eat lunch. This is how you, um, you know, how you send money home. This, you know, just a plethora of um, topics that, help them to have a a smoother transition when they come for spring training.
0: Yeah. um, So, you know, are they – do you find that more often than not that the the players that you're getting have some sort of either basic level of understanding of English, maybe a little bit more than basic, or do they have, like, none at all?
1: Some will come with none at all, up to those that can have a, um, you know – pretty seamless conversation not necessarily the academic language um, but in, and everywhere in between so you know the the teams in the Dominican are, or the the I should say the the staff in the Dominican is working very hard to continue to grow the the language program there so I would say since I've started with the um, organization, I've seen tremendous growth in the level of where the players are coming in with for us to start. But we certainly have very, very beginners.
0: So how and- much time on average are you like spending on, on a weekly basis with these players?
1: It completely depends on the time of, of year. Um, so pre-spring training, will gen- generally offer classes twice a week, um, sometimes three times a week. Um, and then, and that's just a small handful of students, or I should say, of players that are there that we have as students. Um, and then once spring training comes, it's it's all hands on deck. So we've had two teachers um so I work with um, the, this year we're, we're hiring a third. So there'll be three teachers working for our organization um, and offering classes at different times. I typically do it twice a week um, in the spring training and extended spring training. We offer classes at night. So the the players, you know, they train, they have games, they have practice, they have weights, they have you know anything that they need to handle at the complex and then we have class in the evening um, and then once summer hits and it's Arizona and they would they would spontaneously combust if they had day games um, they switch to night games when in which case we have classes in the um, in the morning
0: now um, are are they about a 30 minutes an hour a little bit longer
1: varies I would say any usually an hour 45 minutes um, we will do 30 minute classes. And sometimes when it's individual sessions, they will be 30 minutes. Um, but we 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 tailor it based on the needs of the student. And it, again, depends on the time of the season, because there's so much movement. Um, you know, players will they'll get called up to, hey, you're going to the next affiliate up or you're going to you know, you're you're going to be going to, you know, the low a game this week you know, so their priority is obviously their baseball and we're there to support and help them be better at their baseball because communication obviously is a huge piece in that.
0: Yeah. Um, and so how many students do you have? Like, so I mean, cause they, I guess the part of that is, is that you're saying that you're doing it pre spring training and is that year long?
1: Oh yeah. So I, I, the only, I, I usually have off November, December, and part of January. So I'll, I've worked pre-spring training, spring training, extended spring training, our summer league, which is the AZL, um, and there's a short break from that, that to instructs, depends if, the, if our players make, you know, playoffs and all that kind of stuff, and then um, fall instructional league.
0: So uh, I'm assuming that it's about that January time frame is where you really, really start picking up. Like more and more students. And then once spring training hits, you got a lot.
1: Spring training is nutty. Yep. Spring training is the nuttiest. It is literally all hands on deck. But pre spring training, I usually have a maximum of 20. Um, and then I think when spring training, we typically um, support at least 60 to 70 men, I would say that are there.
0: Yeah. Now.
1: It's- they don't all, they don't all come to class and some are, you know, are highly proficient in their language. Um, but again, all we have a, the widest variety of levels.
0: Is your curriculum usually the same throughout like the year or do you adjust it based upon the, the abilities of those that are in the classroom?
1: Absolutely adjust it to their abilities. Absolutely. There are consistent themes that we focus on and expectations that exist, but because of the fluid nature of how Arizona works in the big picture of the system, um, you know, we have the players for the longest amount of time. We have the most quantity of players. Um, So it's, it's a real challenge in building a systematic approach, but it's you know carrying caring and investing in their success is our greatest curricular asset, I would say.
0: Yeah now run us through like what a you know let's say spring training day because this is again a prep for spring training uh-huh. Run us through like just a, a typical day of like for you for spring training in just you know again without giving away any names or anything, but just run us through like what it what that would typically look like for you.
1: So, so my in terms of the classes that I offer, or
0: yeah, like in terms of like the classes and the preparation, things like that.
1: Sure, sure, sure. So I I work my regular job. I don't get spring off. Unfortunately, I still gotta I still gotta work job number one. Um, and then you know as soon as that is over, I head over to. Um, to wherever the main hotel is that they're staying, where we offer class. Um, and then typically, I'll, I'll teach about four classes a night. Um, and so they're usually grouped to where they have, you know, a class set up. Um, and the players will have had usually an hour to two hours off um, after they finish up at the complex. So again, their whole morning is spent, they go pretty early. Um, sometimes the bus leaves in the six o'clock hour, sometimes it's seven on a rare occasion. It's later than that, but, um, they're at the complex usually quite early, whether it's in, in the weight room, whether it's therapy, whether it's, you know, in the batting cages, whatever they're doing. Um, it is a full day for them. They get a short break and then at the, um, we offer it. The reason we don't do it at the the complex is scheduling wise, um, you know, once they're back at the hotel, they're not going to be able to, they're not interested to go back to the complex. So that's why we, we set that up to um, make attendance a lot easier for them. Um, and, you know, depending on the night, we'll run three to four classes. Um, and then, you know, it's a lot of in between class, whether I'm meeting with them, you know, Tuesday, Thursday, Monday, Wednesday, whatever it is, there's, there's often communication in between where it's, you know, I'm giving them homework assignments to, okay, I want you to go and pay attention when you're at Chipotle or you're at, you know, any of these restaurants or any of the stores and where did you struggle? Where did you, you know, they're, their number one. Thing early is can they can they order food, <laughs> which is pretty important. Um, so you know they, they'll need support with that. They need support with things like sending you know a lot of times those Western Union sending money home. But with the the apps and all that kind of stuff, it makes it so much easier now um, than when I first started. So,
0: so what are you doing to keep these these players motivated? Because again, you just ran through. <laughs> I mean, you, you have your own, you have your own work day, but yep. they have their own work day where they're starting early in the morning. They're yep. running through this, this, this program of athletics, and then they got to come into this class in the evening. So yep. what, you, what are, what are some things that you're doing specifically to keep them motivated and going and wanting to learn?
1: the grand, that's the grand question of teaching is the elements of motivation. and How do you keep kids motivated or learners motivated? And, you know, truly it's knowing your audience and knowing what, um, how to connect to them. So, you know, you start off with why, why do we, you know, not just why are you expected to um, attend this class, but what is the benefit to you? What are you going to get out of it? And most of them know, I mean, most of them, they, they recognize and they, you know, how many of you want to play in the Grande Liga and they're all going to tell you me, yes, I want to, I want to do it. Um, and so I said, are you going to be the one who has to have a translator for your interviews or are you going to be the one who's going to be able to do that yourself? And the difference of how you can connect with your fans and you know, all that kind of stuff, uh, um, communicate with your, with your teammates, communicate with your coaches. Um, so we just talk about the big picture why, and then try to do it in a way that um keeps their attention last year I was working with some of the the more advanced guys and so our I, I pushed for them to be able to do their own interviews without a translator so I had a former uh student who I um I actually coached her and sw- well she yeah I coached her um she is working on on her broadcast journalism stuff and um, she came and interviewed our players as a culminating project. So, you know, not just me asking them, but a real, a real life um, interview uh, was their culminating project. So if you make it real and applicable, um, their efforts are certainly greater and they're more interested when they see the direct tie-in. If it's going to get them food, they're happy. If it's going to get them Better success on the baseball field? You know, we have so many pitchers that come through. Can you communicate to your catcher? Can, you know, do you know what your your pitching coach is telling you? That kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, I mean, this sounds like very, this is very interesting to me because it gives a different side of the baseball world and sure. what what some teams do to help their players to be successful both on and off the field. Yes. Um so I want to I want to jump in. So, um, you, you know, you talk about the the advanced players. So how how are you like? Please help me define what you mean by like their their levels of advancement as far as is it related to what their English is and like how?
1: I was speaking to their English, not their baseball ability. So... Yeah,
0: that's what. That, so that's where I'm going with this is like <laughs> so 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 how are how are you clearly defining like where where they are? at? Do you have these like hey if you can you know, do X, Y, or Z, you, you meet this level and then so on. Yeah. I,
1: yeah, there are, there are different assessments that we give them. There are, they're written, um, our focus is a lot on oral communication, but yes, there are proficiency levels that exist. Um, and you know, depending on what you're using as your source to define proficiency, um, there's, lots, there's a variety of strategies that we use, and that I would say every team and/or you know teacher uses to um, to group and/or identify proficiency.
0: So, what are some things that you've learned since coming aboard in your position that you've that you've that you've improved on each and every year?
1: Oh, that I've improved on. Well, I would like to think that every single year I improve and and um, and grow and and get better and work on the the teaching world series. Ha <laughs> Just kidding. Um, getting to the teaching world series, but um, I think having just a you know having gone through five seasons now, I know where they're gonna struggle. Um, you know, I know where they're going to, you know, Hey, this is, you know, people really struggle with this concept because of, you know, these reasons. Um, and here are some different ways to kind of cut that off at, um, you know, at the at the overpass before they, they get started, um, having, you know, meaningful lessons that I know are going to interest them, um, and building upon their strengths, you know, I think looking at the energy that they bring, A, they're, you know, as you mentioned as well, yeah, they're tired when they come in. So how do you find a way to inspire? You know, I, I think I, I continue to grow in that area and hope hope to continue to do so.
0: So, Anna, you said that you've uh, previously, when you were younger, didn't really have much involvement with baseball as far as like watching it. Right. In your So now... Fast forward these years <laughs> and over the last, you know, five, six years. Are you now getting more into watching Absolutely. baseball?
1: Absolutely. And my son, I have a four-year-old son, um, and he has grown up with the team. And so he is going to be starting T-ball soon. Um, and so I'm excited to inspire him. Can you say hi, Marshall? Say hi. 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 Good job, buddy. Yeah, he's going to start T-ball and um, – you know, he doesn't know life with, he doesn't know life without baseball. So it's been pretty fun.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so, you know, with that, you, you're, you're sitting there like in the stands and you, you look out and you're like, Oh, like, you know, that person, or I know that person or I know that person, does it get the extra like excitement, you know, for you as a baseball fan now watching sure. the players that you've instructed?
1: Oh, it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. Um, and you know, you want every one of them to succeed. You don't want any of them to ever get cut. And, um, that part's the worst part of the job when, when anyone gets released. Um, but seeing them make it all the way to the, to the big leagues and play, um, and, you know, impact the team is, is really awesome.
0: So what's, Let's let's jump into the Cactus League now. Let's just talk about that because you live in within the the uh, metropolitan area of Phoenix. Yep. So, what's what's the Cactus League mean to uh, to this particular area?
1: Well, I think it's the boys are back in town. Is that song right that that everyone plays starting in in March? Um, yeah. Arizona is our Phoenix, I should say metropolitan area. You're right. Cause it's not just Phoenix. It's throughout the entire Valley. Sorry, my son again. <laughs> um, the whole area is really vibrant during the whole spring training time. And we get people who come in, um, from all around the country, not just the state or the area, but, um, I would say, you know, anybody who has a team who plays out here, um, you know, if they can, they're coming out for for spring training, and so the weather's amazing, the baseball is fabulous, and it's a really fun time of the year.
0: Yeah, it's just amazing. I I, I have yet to catch a spring training game in um, in the area myself, but uh, I hope to uh, at some point in the near future. Maybe we can uh, go catch a game together at some point, oh, and thanks. you that can t- would, yeah. help talk to me and run me through sure. kind of what you, you got- do. You got it. So, uh, well, I I really appreciate your your time coming on uh the podcast. This has been really amazing. Um it definitely very eye-opening to me uh, because yeah. this I you know, I would assume that something like this is going on, but to say okay. that I was totally aware of it, uh you know, sure. would be an understatement.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So,
0: it's, it's a
1: real th- gift for, for yeah. me and it's it's a i know it's it's a blessing for our players too
0: yeah well well thank you so much i appreciate it and uh you know I, it's been amazing
1: uh thank you so much ben
0: all right well that'll do it for this episode of the diamonds and roses podcast as always i am your host ben and again spring training is right around the corner so you have yourself a great day wherever you're at peace out What's going on, podcast family? Ben here for Devo Bat Company. Rooted in eastern Washington, Devo uses nothing but the highest quality maple, ash, birch on the market. You know what? It makes a difference. At Devo Bats, they take pride in the craftsmanship that goes into each and every wooden bat produced. Your success at the plate is their ultimate priority. They want you to know when you think of bats, think of Devo Bats. Diva Bats, your Northwest supplier of affordable, quality wooden bats. Hey, podcast fam. It's Ben here from my friends over at Baseballism. Founded by four former college baseball players and teammates, their love and passion for the game did not stop after leaving the playing field. An amazing organization founded on the beliefs of class, tradition, and the history of baseball. I personally shop at Baseballism because of the quality of their products and the the top-of-the-line customer service I get each and every time. Take it from me, an avid hat lover, Baseballism is not your run-of-the-mill apparel company. Check them out at any of their fine locations or visit them online at Baseballism.com. Baseballism, built for the love of the game.